0: everybody, Jimmy Smith on today's Unlocking the Cage podcast. Kayla Harrison re-signs with PFL. What does that mean for her future? Also, what do we do with Jorge Masvidal after signing a huge deal with UFC and losing to Kobe Covington? I break down the options for him on today's show. Kayla Harrison has re-signed with the PFL. That broke Today. But uh, was it yesterday on the MML with Ariel Hawani, She talked about kind of her window closing and kind of a statement of disappointment by Kayla Harrison. Let's
1: hear it. I go even further back. Like, what would have happened if I had retired after one gold medal and just jumped into MMA then? Where would I be now? You know, I think that I, um, unfortunately for me, Timing is everything. And I'm just really, I'm worried that my window of opportunity to fight these girls is slowly closing. So
2: that's crazy talk. You're, 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 you're like less than three years in the game. Is it because of all the time that you put into that other sport? Do you feel
0: like it's affecting what you can do in this sport? Yeah.
1: I mean, I also just think that, like, you know, really, Ariel, it's hard to be patient.
0: I, I get where she's come from. Also, 31 years old. I mean, she's she's not old by MMA standards at all, athletically. But it's also not a spring chicken either. So she's just starting her career, 12 fights, 12 wins. We know what she's accomplished in PFL. We have. But it's not as though she's in her early 20s, mid-20s. Oh, you got you know, another decade. <sighs> Who knows? This was not the voice of someone who believes they are happy and content with their decision. With how things are going. Like, the, with the window closing and all this. And the, she sounds frustrated. She sounds upset. Um, now, obviously, this is before the news broke that she's, you know, back with PFL. That they, essentially, they matched Bellator's deal. Um... And were, they had a, a, a matching clause and they matched. And apparently it was a good offer from Bellator, but PFL matched. So, anyway, um, I'm looking right now at, at, at what Harrison told ESPN Sports Center on Tuesday. I think there were a lot of contract negotiations or a lot of offers, many of them very lucrative. Ultimately, the PFL had the right right to match any contract that I received. And they stepped up in a big way. And now I'm going to be staying with the PFL. I'm excited. I've talked to PFL co-owner Don Davis last night. And he made it very clear to me that, that the goals I have for myself, the way I want to challenge myself is still going to be accomplished. And the PFL supports me in that 100%. They're not going to pay big money and bring over big-name fighters. Uh, they're not afraid, I'm sorry, to pay big money and bring over big-name fighters to come and challenge me. Um... When addressing the competition the PFL shot on one hand, I don't disagree with them. I get it. They want to see me fight the top dogs. They want to see me fight the top dogs. I'm not running from anybody. I'm not hiding from anybody. I'm more than happy to fight anyone, anywhere, anytime. I'm ready to be the greatest. I know I'm not there yet. I know that in the fans' eyes, in the MMA world's eyes, I'm just not there yet. But I'm ready to put in the work and do it. I can only fight who's in front of me. I can only get in the cage and try to be the best possible version of myself, and I don't want to take away from any of the women i fought or who've stepped up and challenged me. I think they're incredible people and incredible athletes, and they're all just doing their best too. So I take nothing away from them. I have a goal to be the greatest. I know if I'm going to have to fight the greatest, I know I'm going to have to fight the greatest, so now it's time for me to invite them to come get a piece of me. I guess I'm going to have to start calling people out. I don't know. i got to figure out a way to make it happen. I believe that it will happen. It's only a matter of time, and I'll be ready when it comes. <sighs> the PFL assured me and promised me they don't care if they have to cross-promote, co-promote. They don't care if it's on planet Earth or planet Pluto. They want to make the fight happen just as much as I do. I I, I don't see how any of that happens. I don't. That's the difficulty. I'm gonna call people. I'm gonna yell a lot on Twitter. That's what I'm gonna call a lot of people out. I'm going to complain on Twitter a lot and call Cyborg scared and call Amanda Nunez or Junina Peña scared. I'm gonna do all this stuff. You can't make them fight you. You're not in the same organization. Is Bellator willing to co-promote with PFL? Maybe. I don't know. They can't sign Kayla Harrison, and they only want to risk Cyborg on Kayla Harrison. I don't know. You sure as hell aren't going to get the UFC to co-promote. So, all right, l- l- let's break it up that way. Okay. Kel, I need your help. You ready? Sure. If I say anything. That seems strange or out of line. or You don't understand it. You tell me. Got it? Okay. She is in PFL where there is nobody right now on their roster that we are aware of that the average fan or even the average hardcore fan would be interested in seeing her fight. Fair or not? Fair. In order to draw over some kind of talent, we are talking about a very short list of people. Cyborg, Amanda Nunez, Juliana Pena. That is about it. Remember, she fights at 145. She hasn't made 35 yet. We don't know if she can make 35. It's a short list at 45 and it has those three names on it. Yes or no?
1: Fair. Even, even Juliana Pena is a stretch. So sure. Yeah, may maybe even shorter than you just said, but fair.
0: Exactly. Every UFC fighter is functionally off the table. They will not co-promote. They will not send someone over. They won't do any of those things. So anyone I just named, and it was Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunez from the UFC, will never go over to PFL and fight anyone. Dana White will never, ever do that. Fair?
1: Not in this lifetime. No way.
0: So there's one name left, Cyborg. And remember, in order to sign uh, Kayla Harrison... The PFL had to match the offer and turn down Bellator. So Bellator made a pitch. PFL said no, essentially. So they're not thrilled that they got cut off at the end, in the last minute. Are they then going to turn around and promote this person and this brand with the one fighter they have at 145 pounds who could maybe make Kayla Harrison's name? Probably not. Fair or not?
1: Fair. Fair. It'll be a very complicated situation. At best.
0: At best. If you somehow made it happen. I'm going to have to, you're going to have to get to draw people to PFL. Good luck with that. Good luck. I'm not saying they can't. I'm just sitting here as somebody who's been in MMA for 20, whatever it is, years, 23 years. Jesus, coming up on 24. I can't think of anything. I can't, I can't think of anything. I don't know how, if I am Ray Cepho sitting there in my office, I'm going, ah, what did I... Do? I told her I'd bring in talent. I, the, 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 the list is so short, there's nobody on there. And they're all under contract with somebody else. And the UFC doesn't co-promote. Bellator does under really selective circumstances. My immediate reaction was a... An outside version, because I'm not in it the way Kayla Harrison is in it. An outside version of her inner monologue uh, made external when she was talking to Ariel Hawani. Or she's like, ah, my window's closing to fight the best, and maybe I should have. You know, whenever you start saying, maybe I shouldn't have gone for that second Olympic gold medal, yeah. We know what you're saying. I just, I, I, missed, I missed the boat. I My timing is just bad. And I'm in an era where everybody who could make my name and make my legacy fights for somebody else. And I messed it up. And it is what it is, but there's nothing I can do about it. That doesn't, and I, and now, of course it got fought. We all learned about it today, but she had to know that it was, you know, one step away when she gave that interview. She knew what was coming. She's going to resign with PFL. She doesn't sound excited. She doesn't. Now, PFL is making a big push, and I really believe PFL can do great things in other weight classes. I really believe that. This is not a PFL issue. I want to make that abundantly clear. This this weight class is Garbage. Garbage. Not competitive. Uh, not a lot of talent. Not a lot of huge names. Nothing. There is nothing there. Once again, I'm not just talking about PFL. I'm t- just in the UFC, in Bellator it's Cyborg beating up a bunch of bums. In the UFC, best thing that ever happened probably was a man who was actually losing in a huge up to Juliana Pena. And then we got a little bit of parody for a second. Okay, but then whoever wins that, let's say it's a Medinez, you're right back to the same problem. There is no depth at all at 145. None. And I'm, as you pointed out, Kelly, just kind of throwing Juliana Pena in that category. She's really not. She's not a 145, 145-pounder. Uh, 145 so that's, you know, it, it, is, it is what it is. Okay, it is. So when I look at it this way, it's one of those things where she's in a tough spot. She doesn't sound excited about it. PFL can expend all the resources. They can beef up virtually every weight class on their roster. And they're starting a pre- pay-per-view business model. They're starting these kind of super fights, getting away from the tournaments because you know tournaments are tough. They can spend money and beef up almost every weight class they have. Except women's 145. No one can it's not a dearth of resources. It isn't. Wow, you know we can't pay enough. It's uh, there's nobody out there. What are they going to do? What are they going? to I don't know. And see Kay- Kayla Harrison have this amazing free agent story, only to go back to where she was, where unfortunately they couldn't keep her supplied with talent. It's it's a disappointing end. Jorge Masvidal losing last Saturday to Kobe Covington in a one-sided fight that, despite all the heat, despite all the trash talk, despite everything led up to it, this is what... And I believe this whole card was kind of that way. It isn't a miracle that Kelly and I were 4-1 on the main card. It isn't a miracle that it there weren't a lot of upsets. The two fights we disagreed on were the only two that you could really see going another way. The favorites were heavily favorited for a reason. And I believe the, the lead-up to this one, and I... I heard about this, but uh, for people who don't know, I listen on mute. Uh, it helps me study. I don't like listening to commentary or anything like that while I'm watching it. Was the crowd into the, the main event? Because I heard there were some boos because it had been, been hyped up so, so bad. You're, you're both kind of doing the eh. Yeah, it's kind thing. of a yes yeah. and
2: no because there were moments where when Cole would get a takedown, you'd hear some boos, like especially as we were getting later into the rounds, and especially after All had clipped him, that one, that, that one moment yeah, where it was yeah. round three, round four. Um so you when Kobe got takedowns, you'd hear some boos of like, oh uh, like I think it was more people just booing they didn't want Covington to win, so they wanted Mass Fit on his feet. But the it, it was going back and forth. It'd be they'd be up for a second and then they'd be Well, I thought it was booing. a great but it wasn't a competitive fight. I thought it was a very entertaining fight. So when I heard there were
0: boos later, you know, I was like it was just hype too much. You know, like you're not gonna get this incredible banger from Colby Covington. He really doesn't fight that way. I thought it was a brilliant fight for Colby I thought it was an entertaining fight for Colby. And then, obviously, uh, the fans just wanted a lot more because of the fireworks. But, you know, a- aside from the lead-up, the problem is, I'm looking right now, ESPN.com, Horry Masvidal, Masvidal's new contract with UFC, quote, pays him like a champion, agent says. From Mark Ramundi. A uh, friend of the show, a guy who I trust implicitly with his MMA knowledge, Lord Masvidal signed a new contract with the UFC just days before one of the biggest fights of his long career. Terms of the deal were not disclosed, but Masvidal's co-agent, Malkikawa of first-round management, announced Thursday on social media that Masvidal penned an extension that would make him one of the top five highest-paid fighters on the UFC roster. Masvidal has been a pro fighter since 2003, fights his former best friend at UFC 272, we know that, okay? Uh, this is from his agent his contract pays him like a champion and then some and the length of time uh will be that he will finish his career in the UFC great wonderful i couldn't really believe it um that they were giving him this deal right before fight where i didn't think he would look good i really thought he's not going to look good in this fight i said it before I said it as many times. People would listen to me. He's not going to look good in this fight. I don't believe he's a top 170 pounder. I, and it's it's what I what what I what I love is how do I put this? What I love is I don't like Kobe Covington shtick. But a lot of what he said leading up had that grain of truth. When he said he <laughs> caught lightning in a bottle, meaning he got three fights in a row that he won, Darren Till, Ben Askren, and then Nate Diaz, that launched him from, it's true, kind of journeyman, middle-of-the-road status, to superstar, street Jesus, all that stuff. Number one, those those wins haven't aged very well. Ben Askren retired. Nate Diaz hasn't exactly been on fire. And... uh Darren Till moved up to 185 where he's had very little success. And it kind of launched him. Two losses to Kamar Usman that were one-sided, the last one by knockout, and then this one to Colby Covington. I don't think he's an elite 170-pounder. I don't. His best work was at 155, and I just don't think he, he, he does great things. So, But he's a star now, so they're paying him star money. So um, the future of Hori of Mosswell is kind of up in the air. Dana White said... Doesn't know, do we have that audio? Doesn't know exactly what he's going to do with either guy. I, I find that interesting. Rarely is there a winner and a loser in a fight, and you don't know what to do. with. this is what Dana White said post UFC 272. We knew tonight, whoever won and whoever lost, what would be next and where would they go? And, and I don't know. We're sitting right here right now. I don't know on either one of them, even Colby who won. So he's right. Where do you go with Colby Covington? Where do you go with him? He's already lost twice to the champ. There's really nowhere to go now. What do we do with him? Jorge Masvidal, is there as much of a problem? No. And here's why. He's entertaining. He's not, in my opinion, an elite 170-pounder. First off, KOB, is that harsh? Are you with me? He can beat some guys. He's not going to beat the best of the best at 170. I don't believe he beats the guys in top four. So five.
2: far, that's the way it appears. He's lost to Usman twice. Yep. He's now lost to Covington decisively. Yeah, all deci-
0: three. There was no if-ands or buts in those, right?
2: Yeah, well, knocked out in the second one. So right,
0: and Colby owned him. And then you know, obviously, yeah, in the first it, one, come on, I mean, he
2: he could fight Colby three years from now. I think it would go the exact same way. You know, he like, did. I
0: don't, I don't... Yeah, sorry, no, he did speak about that. I, I I don't mean to cut you off, but this is what he said about maybe fighting Colby Covington again. Please God, no. Here it is.
1: If I I get on the winning track improve myself again and i get that that fight the fight i'd love to take i just i feel like i keep improving those positions where i did fuck up tonight just make it a little bit more taxing on him so when we get to the feet i'm fresher he's a little bit worn worn out and i can get some big shots in his face and finish him next time
0: are there fights that make sense or dates or anything like that
1: i think the only thing that makes sense is for me to get in the gym me to get in the track and field and just get after it get in great shape see where my headspace is at and then Three, four months from now, make that decision. Who's next? You know, for right now, I uh, want to clear the cobwebs up. It's not that I'm hurt or nothing, but to lose to a punk like that, it's just it sucks, you know. And if I fight like another wrestler, I need to make sure I I, I can deal with this uh with this thing, you know. It's it's always been tough fights for me with the wrestlers, you know. Thinking is he gonna shoot on me, so I don't open up as much on my feet as I should, and then I get in big scrambles and I get out scrambled. So I just I I need to fix the wrestling, man.
0: Yes, but he brought in Bo Nickel to help him prepare for this. Bo Nickel, by the way, multiple-time national champion from Penn State. Fant- uh, secondly, Liberty Trials, loss to David Taylor. Great wrestler. One of the things about Colby, and, and, and Bo Nickel said this on the Embedded, Bo Nickel is levels above Colby Covington as a wrestler. He would smoke Colby Covington in a wrestling match. But Colby doesn't, and, and, and Bo Nickel said this, he Goes his technique isn't great. Colby Cove. yeah, he was an All-American, but, you know, Bo Nickel pins All-Americans, no problem. He doesn't wrestle, he kind of, not quite like Ben Askren, he's not as funky, but he kind of dives in and is so tenacious and has such faith in his gas tank that he dives in and he eventually gets you down. It's not a sharp, K O B you a wrestler. It's not a sharp John Smith single leg, right? It's not this explosive Jordan Burrow's like, oh my God, boom, and suddenly you're, you're up in the air. It's not a funk takedown like Ben Askren. It's just kind of like he dives in there. You sprawl, but he's like, "I'm just going to keep driving because I have more gas than you do." Right? It's not pretty. It's not clean, no, but it yeah. works. Yeah. It's
2: not some massive, oh, amazing setup technique to to a sweep single or something yes. like that. Like, it's not something cool like that. He's literally like, it, even when I was watching Masvidal and Covington, Covington would do stuff. You just see like he's just backing him to the fence. He's backing him to the fence. Like massville'll starts circling. Like you're getting close to the fence. If you get anywhere near that fence, he's shooting in at some point because he just trusts that he can doesn't chain wrestle. Doesn't care if you, Sprawl, right? He, he's tenacious with it, and he can chain wrestle off stuff. So he can kind of go in for a d- double, maybe make you think he's going to try to like keep going after that and then maybe switch off to something that switch back to double. Like He can do stuff like that off the fence, and he's just going to stay with it and wear you out. And especially, like he's even really good, and he did it a bunch of times in Mass Fiddle, where maybe he doesn't quite get the double, but he manages to get behind you and just waist lock and just bring you to the mat. He's good at that type of stuff. It's, it's just, Ugly. It's, it's an Nothing ugly, tenacious style yes. of, of, of I'm not giving up until I have this take down.
0: Right. So it, so when you look at it that way, if you ever wrestled or follow wrestling, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not a clean, smooth, ankle pick, beautiful side. It doesn't work that way. So looking at it that way, Masvidal didn't make any glaring mistakes. He didn't do anything like, God, his wrestling's terrible. I— it was just okay. Stop the first one. Stop the second one. throw i I'm starting to wet. Boom. Okay. And then once that happens, you start getting t- more tired and more tired, and they become easier and easier and easier. It's just I-, I didn't see any improvements. I go, man, he really messed that one up. He overhooked when he should have underhooked. There was none of that. Colby just wore him down. And we, when Dan Lambert, who owns American Top Team, who would have loved to trash Colby Covington in every way possible, tells me on air, the dude has a third lung. He said that. Some guys hit hard. Some guys are fast. That guy never gets tired. He jumped up after this, this match and was breathing through his nose. I was like, holy Jesus. This guy doesn't get tired. When you're up against that, Jorge, you can be running sprints right now until doomsday. It's You're never going to catch up with that dude. So I think a rematch is terrible. It was a non-aesthetic fight anyway. I just don't get it. They're never gonna fight again. I hope they never fight again. So what else is out there? Let me go over the top ten um at 170 pounds. Kamar Usman's the champ. Number one's Kobe Covington. Number two, Gilbert Burns. He's taking on Kamzat Shemaev. Number three is Leon Edwards. He is next for Kamar Usman. So right now, uh two and three are locked up. Vicente Luque at number four, Bilal Muhammad at number five, Stephen One Boy Thompson at number six. They basically swapped places. Uh, Stephen Thompson and Jorge Masvidal. Sean Brady at number 8. Neil Magny at number 9. Michael Kios at number 10. All right. If I'm playing matchmaker, assuming he stays at 170, remember he's a tweener, maybe he goes down to 55. That's a possibility. If that is, wipe this slate board clean and we'd start over again. But let's say at 170. Aesthetically, Number four, Vicente Luque. He's a striker, good kickboxer, unorthodox, funky. That would be an aesthetically pleasing match. It'd be a lot of fun. I really do. Sean Brady? I think it looks too much like the Colby Covington fight. Sean Brady, uh, great takedown, great top pressure. You got to be a jujitsu jitsu dork, but he just beat a guy named Craig Jones in jiu-jitsu, who is one of the best in the world. Sean Brady beat him by decision, so... He just has really great top pressure and really good defensive jiu so when he takes you down, you're not going to submit the guy. Sean Brady's a, a, a match that isn't particularly aesthetic. Neil Magny might be fun. Steven Thompson maybe, but Steven Thompson really looked bad against Bilal Muhammad. So I don't know if I'd say that. Kelly, I see your eyes like expanding into shock and then contracting again as I'm saying these names. I would say Vicente Luque would be fun. Steven Thompson might be fun because both guys have kind of lost a step. Neil Magnet, number nine. Those are the ones that are aesthetic. And right now, at this point, if you're um, Jorge Masvidal, you're looking for aesthetic, fun fights. Fair or not, Kelly? No, I definitely think that's fair. As far as my eyes go, it was you would say a name, and I thought you were just saying names that you would like to see Masvidal fight. So when no. you said
2: Sean Brady, that's why I was like, I don't "No, know. that's a terrible match." That's going to be exactly yeah. what we just saw. That's terrible. So that's that's why my eyes were like, "What?" And then you were like, "That would be terrible." And then they went back into my head.
0: They bugged out of her head, people. That's exactly what happened. But those <laughs> are the Leon Edwards would be a fun one, especially with the whole three piece Minnesota bad blood thing. But he's taking on Kamal Usman, so that might happen. But it's going to be a while. My question, I might as well throw it to you, KOB. Are any of those worth a big contract extension? Are any of those like wow? I'm paying for that one. You know what I mean? Like I, that's why I was so surprised he got this huge deal right before a fight that was going to make him look terrible.
2: You yeah, know, like, I was pretty. I was pretty surprised at the timing of the deal too. Yeah, because I feel like we all kind of ask most people like yeah, a lot of people wanted Vidal to win because just Covington has so much hate, but like we all kind of knew how the fight was going to look. Yeah. So I thought I thought it was pretty curious too that they gave him like it feels like he's starting to wane out of, you know. Hitting lightning in a bottle, quote unquote, Colby uh, Covington. It did seem like a weird time for it because I look around. It's I feel like a Connor fight would make sense with with, with the deal you're given because you could do Leon Edwards at some point. Let's say Leon Edwards loses to tomorrow. You had the whole three piece in soda thing. It's easy promotion. It's a co-main, maybe it's a, it's a main event fight night, co-main on a pay per view for sure, right? Um, so you have something there. But beyond that, when I look at who's left in the division, it's it, there's not a lot of great names. So, it's, I shouldn't say not great names, but it's like for for the money you're paying this guy.
0: Yes, for the money they're paying this guy, I because, don't see a, a can't miss pay per view on any of this.
2: No, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, all right, maybe like, uh, and this is if you want to feed uh, a Gil- like the winner of Gilbert Burns versus, uh, let's say they don't get a title shot immediately. The winner of Gilbert Burns comes out to my or something like that, to where you're just building another person up with another name that everyone knows. That's there, but like you don't want the guy you're paying that much money to be someone you're to feeding. To be a gatekeeper, you know? to be somebody's stepping stone, right? Not even to be a stepping stone, but like it's weird. Like, yeah, stepping stone, but at the same time, like they're the bigger name. Like they're the yes. much bigger name by a million. Like you're paying him superstar money, therefore you want him to look like a superstar. Like So you don't want them getting beat to build up somebody else. Like that's why I look, I'm like a Connor might make sense. Just because like you could do that, like he's coming, he's he's in kind of the same boat as Masvidal too. So maybe you put the two of them together. He's bigger now. Anyway, Tony a, Ferguson, more, you know I, uh, Ferguson. Maybe okay. just as a crazy weird one, I'm sure Ferguson yeah. would be up for it. Um, I'm trying to look even yeah. So Leon Edwards would make sense. A Connor fight would make sense. I think Misha. Someone might have mentioned. I don't know if it was Misha or something. I caller yesterday. Maybe like a Robbie Lawler legacy fight. I'm Like that could be interesting. That could be kind of cool. Um, but once again, we're seeing a lot of kind of cools. But that's and the they're, thing. They're great, but yeah but the but that's the thing with the money My you're paying, paying it's got it's, it's got yeah. it's gotta be a kind of cool just understandable fight because again, like do you do Vicente Luque? you could, but I don't think, and Lord knows Vicente do you' Luque risk could tearing use it.
0: down another potential contender, but, but that's the thing in like, Luque. it could be no, I, you know, I
2: I honestly think Luke wins that fight, but like probably, that becomes yeah. the thing it's like and it would actually be great for Luque, too to get start getting the respect this friggin guy deserves <laughs> like he's such as he's still an underrated star in the in the welterweight division. But like he doesn't have that big name, Masvidal would do that. But again, you're tearing down one guy to build the other guy, and then you still have to pay him more money for future fights. Whereas value just keeps losing, so that's why I don't know. I don't know what you do with him. Like again, Bilal Mahan would be another guy who could probably use that type of shine, but I don't think you're going to do that. Wonder Boys out there, everyone always loves Wonder Boy. It could be something you do, uh, and you always have that joke. It's the nicest MFR MF- versus the bad mf'er. MF- so like you could play around with it a little bit, but like there aren't a ton of options for the money. You're you know what pay this feels like.
0: I know we got to go to commercial, but you know what this feels like to me, KOB? What's that? Discussions in the WWE about somebody's got to get over, meaning win a match, but you protect the loser. You protect the value of the loser, right? That's a big deal in professional wrestling, not just WWE. But it's how do we keep value in both of these parties while advancing our storyline advancing our product? You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, this guy's got to win, but we don't want this guy to look like you know, look like a punk and have a squash. So here's what we're going to do to keep value in both people. And that almost feels like this discussion with Hori Masvidal. you get what I'm saying? Like, how does this, so someone else get over without squashing Masvidal? How does Masvidal get over without destroying somebody who might be a potential contender because he's still dangerous? You know what I mean? And it's rare that we have these discussions in MMA. Very, very interesting. So, yeah. Uh, the short answer is the names I, I, I spat out, the only ones I can think of, it's not going to be easy. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. Special thanks to Sirius XM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM XM Podcasts.